This episode of IRAM Today is brought to you by Flynn Law Group, specializing in residential landlord-tenant law, condominium law, and commercial landlord-tenant law. Call them today at 617-988-0633 or visit them online at flynnlaw-ne.com. The following paid program is furnished by the Institute of Real Estate Management, Rhode Island Chapter 88. It is for basic entertainment and informational purposes only and is solely responsible for its content. It does not necessarily reflect the views of Cumulus Media, its management, or its staff. This is IREM Today, the property management show with your hosts, Chrissy Dinalian and Rod Santagata on AM790 WPRV. Join them now for this live call-in show to discuss property management issues and hear from guests from all trades and programs discussing your real estate needs. Now, here's Chrissy and Rod. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to IREM Today, the property management show here on AM790. Today is Tuesday, December 4th. I can't believe we're in December. December already. December 4th, 2018. I'm Chris Dinalian here in the studio today with my co-host Rod Santagata. Welcome, Rod. Welcome. Hi. How are you? I'm so happy you're here. Yes, I'm happy was, to be here. I was a little nervous that you weren't going to make it on time. No, and I was like, we, I don't know how I'm going to talk to myself. Well, we had a little emergency at work on one of the units, but uh, I'm here. You I'm got here through now. it. I got through it, yes. You did. Yes. Uh, in case this is the first time you're tuning in, IRAM Today is your live local radio show here every Tuesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Now, Rod. Yes. I know you've been memorizing our script. Yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> I know that there, we know that there's a lot of these syndicated programs on this radio station. But we are not syndicated. No, we're not. But we are fun and pretty entertaining, I think. But uh, what does that mean? That means that. That means that people can call in and ask us questions about property management. Yes, if they have any questions about property management, we actually have uh, one of our uh, one of our um, industry partners are calling in today. He actually just called in, so uh, we will get to him in a few minutes. But we had one of our industry partners call in, Frank Flynn, um, and he will be here as well. So if you have any questions for him, um, we can relay them, and uh, you know you can ask him or ask Rod. Or ask me, I guess too. I mean, you're yes. you're you're you got you're getting your CPM, so maybe the questions would be more suited to you. Maybe. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, we're we're still waiting for a call. Uh, Rod, how was your weekend? My weekend was excellent. Very productive. You're working hard. Working hard. Yes. Rod was showing me uh, this beautiful bathroom that he made for his wife, and I am very impressed. And uh, I want to know when you're going to be doing everybody else's <laughs> bathroom in Hiram because that looked beautiful. You did such a good job. I can't let too many people see that. They'll all I want know. me to do it. How long did that take, Rod? That took a long time. That, that, I gutted that bathroom down to the studs and the floor joists and started from scratch. So how, how many weeks are we talking? Try months. Try. <laughs> I only have one a, bathroom. A year in my and house, a half. So try a year and a half. I guess I can hire you. When you can only work on it nights and weekends, it takes a long time. Oh. But it took about a year and a half to finish. Wow, that's a long time. Yes. Yeah. My dad did my bathroom though, so shout out to dad because he did a really good job. Did he take a year and a half? He did not. He took. <laughs> I. I mean, my father is the type of person that it's like, gotta get it done, gotta get it done now. So it was literally like. I think it was like three days, maybe. All right. In in my defense, <laughs> maybe. You, in my defense, did your dad work on it just nights and weekends? No, he worked on it during the day, and then when I got off of work, I, w I went over and helped him, and okay. we grouted the floor together. Well, 
on my hands and knees. I'm giving a, a shout out to your dad for I know, a job great. well done. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you can reach us here in studio if you have any questions for myself, for Rod. If you want to know how to grout a floor, I can get my father on the phone too. Uh, 401-437-5000 or 888-345-0790. Uh, and in case you were t- tuning in for the first time and you're wondering, what is IRAM? What is she saying? What is IRAM? What does that stand for? Rod. IRAM stands for the Institute of Real Estate Management, the most professional group in the world for managing real estate. Yes, we are worldwide. worldwide. So locally, locally though, we are the Greater Rhode Island chapter. And another thing you might be wondering is what does IRAM do? So the Greater Rhode Island chapter was actually established in 1977, and we are an international force of over 20,000 individuals united to advance the profession of real estate management. United. Yes. And through training and professional development and collaboration, IRAM, they support their members and others in the industry through every stage of their career. Uh, You know, we believe in our people, provide tools that they need to succeed. And if people are looking for a career in property management or maybe they're looking for something different and they want to have some kind of training or an education or even... A designation. A designation. So that way you can be recognized as a professional property manager. Uh, IRAM actually offers two different designations. What are they, Rod? Uh, IRAM first offers the ARM, which stands for the Accredited Residential Manager. Yes, and I'm an ARM, and so are you. I'm also an ARM, yes. Yep, and together and we make a person, I guess. Yes. <laughs> and then there's also the distinguished CPM. Yes, and what does that stand for? CPM stands for the Certified Property Manager. And you're going and you're taking your classes and you're, you're actually a CPMC, a CP, yes. CPM candidate. All my, all my classes are done. I just need my management plan. Yes, and as Jack Ben says, or my mother always says, because she always likes to bring it back to Brown and bring it local, it's like getting an education from Brown University, getting that CPM yep. designation. A doctorate from Brown University. It is. A doctorate. Oh, we're getting very <laughs> fancy here. Uh, so, I mean, uh, if you have any questions about the different designations, we're also going to talk about a couple of different events that we have going on. We actually have an event happening tomorrow. tomorrow night. Yes. Tomorrow night. It's going to be at the Crown Plaza. It's our installation dinner. So they're going to be installing new ARMs and CPMs and also our, our officers as well. Yes. So don't forget to bring a toy to that uh, if you are part of IRAM or if you wanted to go to this event and see what what is IRAM? What are, what are they all about? Are they actually as friendly as they talk about in the radio? Yes, trust me. They're very friendly. <laughs> very friendly. You can reach out to Karen, uh, who is our association executive. Karen Cuddle, she handles everything from booking events to membership and even posting and tagging you in our Facebook account. So you can contact Karen at 401-479-7734. And as stated before, because we are live and not syndicated, you're always welcome to call us in the studio at 401-437-5000 or toll-free 888-345-0790. Now, I know that Frank's been a little patient with us. Uh, Frank Flynn, Attorney Frank Flynn, are you there? We are here. We we welcome Frank. <laughs> so you have um, well, we have eleven attorneys and twenty people at the at the firm, but you have two of our um, Rhode Island attorneys. We have four Rhode Island attorneys. Uh, so here at the Flynn Law Group, we have four total. But today I have with me very experienced uh, attorneys, Arjun Roy and Patrick Gamelin. Well, welcome, welcome, Arjun. Hello, welcome, Patrick. Hey guys. Hello. 
So I know we had a couple of topics that we want to discuss. I know that we have a couple of minutes. Uh, we have maybe five minutes where we can talk uh, for a little bit until we go to commercial, and then we can kind of dive into some other things. Um, you've been on the show before. We've talked a little bit about you know marijuana, about uh, Airbnbs, um, and you wanted to kind of cover discrimination as well. So uh, why don't we start off uh, your, your choice of what you want to start off with, I guess. All right. That's great. And I also wanted to thank Iram and also point out we're a sponsor of the show. So we really love listening to all the different podcasts that you have. Uh, and both, uh, both you, Rodney, and Chrissy do a great job, um, and your show is so entertaining. We hear from so many managers that they, li- that they listen in. Oh, thank so, you very uh, much. Thank really you. appreciate thank it. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, and you're, you're actually sponsoring. We wanted to we have your start podcast off on the today show. with these three hot topics, um, and I think probably uh, most importantly, we should talk about fair housing because we're seeing some very dangerous things happen. Where um, the the Rhode Island Human Rights Commission, the dollar amounts on the discrimination cases are really rising, and we've seen uh, cases where people are demanding 150,000. All the way down to you know thirty thousand, but um, we think that that's a dangerous trend. And um, I was going to have attorney um, Arjun Roy talk about that for a couple minutes here. Arjun, do you want to talk about discrimination case? We've, we've been uh, defend. Oh, I would like to say that we have a hundred percent track record in winning uh, these cases. Wow, so, uh, Arjun, wow. go ahead. Sure. Um, so what we're seeing is uh, tennis. Um, actually going to the Rhode Island Commission for Human Rights uh, and filing these complaints against their landlord. Uh, And it really arises from um, anything um, relating to the landlord not following their policies or um, not properly uh, reviewing a reasonable accommodation request uh, or uh, anything in the lease that the tenant feels is discriminatory towards the, uh, the tenant. Yeah, so very good point. So the worst cases we see where it's most dangerous is where perhaps the landlord or the property manager, you know, that one time altered their policies and did a favor or something like that out of the ordinary. And so having strong policies, um, which we write procedures and policies, we write these, um, it's always uh, good to follow those to reduce liability. Arjun, did you want to say more on sure, that? Sure, yeah. So, um, so when a landlord receives a reasonable accommodation request from the tenant, uh, the landlord really needs to carefully review um, the request uh, and make sure that they're processing it correctly because um, a lot of you know, discrimination cases at the Rhode Island Commission for Human Rights arise out of a landlord's failure to properly reasonably accommodate a resident. Um, and what we've actually seen uh, is that the, resi- um, the commission has actually sent testers out to different developments, um, you know, to make sure that the landlord is aware of and is properly uh, reviewing these reasonable accommodation requests. Yeah. Um, and so just to say, we have companies, um, we represent a lot of, um, you know, property management companies and landlords in Rhode Island and, and some... Um, housing authorities, and, and when it comes to a difficult reasonable accommodation request or reasonable modification of the unit, um, a lot of companies and the housing authorities will run these by us to 
to make sure that they're responding correctly because if a denial of a reasonable accommodation or reasonable modification request that, that should have been granted can result in a very large claim at the Rhode Island Human Rights Commission. Yeah, so we so, just want to give that strong warning out right. to everybody. Yeah, uh, we can get more in-depth. In since the liability is so great. Frank, we can get more in-depth about this in a few minutes. We do have to take a quick break. So when we come back, we can talk a little bit more about reasonable accommodations and modifications. But, Rod. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to IRAM Today, the property management show. Now, back to IREM Today, the property management show on AM790 WPRV. All right, it is 420 here on IREM Today, the property management show. I'm Chrissy Denalian, along with my co-host, Rod Santagata. And we're live here in the studio every Tuesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Now, before we left, we were talking with attorney Frank Flynn and Arjun Roy and Patrick Gamlin uh, just about uh, reasonable accommodations and modifications. Now, for those listeners that might not be a property manager day to day or maybe um, they just have a mom and pop, you know, two family tenement building, they might not understand what you mean by like reasonable modification or reasonable accommodation. So for those um, listeners out there that are in that situation, could you explain a little more in depth about maybe a situation that had come up uh, for a reasonable accommodation or modification for them? So, um, sure. Um, Arjun, do you want to give a good example? Sure. Um, So, a reasonable accommodation is uh, essentially a tenant um, with a disability uh, requesting the landlord to make an exception or an accommodation uh, to the landlord's rules and policies uh, that would allow the tenant to have equal access to the apartment and the development. Um, and a common request that we see is um, in developments that have a no pet policy. Uh, and uh, if you have a tenant with a disability, um, that, re- that requires a service animal, a seeing-eye dog, um, or an emotional support animal, uh, the, land- the tenant would then submit a request for a reasonable accommodation to the landlord, asking the landlord essentially to allow the tenant to have um, this pet or the service animal as a reasonable accommodation. And yeah. Should that be granted if they um, have a disability and they're seeking an emotional support animal and or a assistive animal and they have a no pet rule? Yeah, so the landlord should review that uh, request thoroughly uh, and make sure that there's verification from a medical provider. Um, and as long as there's a basis uh, you know, to the request, the landlord should you know, grant that request. Okay. Now what if the landlord lives in the building and is allergic to dogs? So uh, sometimes you have competing interests and so it's important to weigh those competing interests. Um, but under federal law, a uh, reasonable accommodation, um, if there's a subsidy at the property, there really should be a grant of that reasonable accommodation for the dog. But there might be a way to suggest an alternate, like an, a way to... Um, accommodate the other um, interests. Let's say the landlord, you said the landlord has an allergy. Right. So perhaps mm-hmm. there's a way to deal with that. But um, it's risky because uh, in a re- reasonable accommodation for that emotional support animal um, really should be granted. But 
that's why we look at these things very closely because there can be, yeah, there can be a, a balancing. Uh, Pat, did you want to talk yeah, about that? And, and it's a great question, and 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 that's the the key is in the word itself, reasonable, and that would be a basis to determine whether or not you're discriminating or not. Is is the request reasonable, and you need to balance the tenant's disability versus. Uh, the effect on other tenants. And that's why Frank, I think, was alluding to the fact, um, you know, possibly a middle ground would be, yes, they can have a pet, but it's got to be an allergen-free dog. One of the, I, I forget the types of breeds, but there's certain breeds of dog that um, don't produce an allergy like, a, say, a retriever would. Right, like okay. ones that have hair rather than fur. Um, so speaking of that, I know that we wanted to talk a little bit about marijuana, uh, but which is always a hot topic, I feel like, especially uh, in, in the landlord field. Um, so let's say somebody requests a reasonable modification to the rule that uh, they need to smoke their marijuana in the apartment for their anxiety. Okay, well, that's a, that's a very good question, but we should probably outline um, the lay of the law in Rhode Island on marijuana. And, uh, Pat, do you want to talk yes. about state marijuana laws in Rhode Island? So quickly, Chrissy, um, the, the thing to remember is that in Rhode Island, um, marijuana is technically legal as long as you have a medical marijuana card, so a card that you've... Uh, gotten a doctor's note essentially for and uh, have obtained a card from the state that allows you to legally uh, purchase, use marijuana. Um, It has been decriminalized as well, so essentially possessing marijuana now in Rhode Island just results in a civil fine. But that's a small amount. Yeah, but You can't have five pounds of marijuana. of it, but a small amount of marijuana. I believe it's under an ounce is decriminalized. Um, And if you have a a card, I think it allows you a little bit more and it allows you to grow as well. Um, but if you have a policy, so if, you have a, if you have again? a policy in place, because it would be um, an exception to a rule or a policy. So let's say you have a policy in place saying that you do not allow smoking or you do not allow specifically marijuana smoking in your property, and this person is requesting that you be allowed to, that they be allowed to smoke in their apartment. That is a great question because under federal law, um, properties that have federal uh, subsidies, such as Section 8 or other federal subsidies, and there's a whole list of like 20 of them, since 2014, those properties are supposed to have a standalone marijuana policy. We've been writing hundreds of these for, for management companies and for different properties, and so that marijuana policy is required by HUD. And so properties are going to start getting um, audited. Um, And so that's one of the things they're going to start looking for because we did a seminar for the HUD asset managers, and we explained the HUD regulation on uh, marijuana and the requirement that properties have a marijuana policy. Even properties that do not have a federal um, subsidy, those properties – should have a marijuana policy because the property will want to keep control of uh, the use of marijuana at the property and will, pro- and will not want people smoking marijuana 
um, you know, all day next to a family that has asthma. So, Pat, did you want to add to that? Uh, just the, the thing I think that's important is in differentiating between state and federal. Um, under federal regs, you are not supposed to grant a reasonable accommodation for somebody who wants to um, use marijuana in the unit. Uh, Statewide, if there's no subsidy attached, uh, again, Rod's example before about just the, you know, a mom and pop single two or two family, three family house, uh, then the circumstances are going to be a little bit different if no subsidies attached. If a person has a valid marijuana card, uh, you might need to grant some sort of accommodation if they request it, even if your building is non-smoking. Yeah, but the way that you could grant it would be more like edibles or things like that that wouldn't affect neighbors or wouldn't affect you showing a vacant apartment or things like that, right? Yeah, that's a very good point, Chrissy, um, and that's what we will put in the policy. The HUD-required policy needs, will say when um, individuals would be taken to court for an eviction case uh, with regards to marijuana. So the use of edibles is much preferred to the marijuana smoking because that can seriously impact, you know, the families around that unit. So, um, Arjun, did you have anything? Yeah, else? I just wanted to jump in and say that, um, that the, the laws regarding uh, reasonable accommodations uh, essentially state that, you know, one tenant's right to a reasonable accommodation, you know, can't come at the expense of another resident, you know, use and enjoyment of their apartment. Uh, so, you know, if the use, in this case marijuana, um, or the reasonable accommodation is somehow bothering another resident, um, then the landlord can certainly take steps, you know, to um, either uh, suggest some alternatives um, for the individual so that it's not bothering other residents. Yeah, and so here the alternative would be edibles. It would be edibles or, or smoking outside or having a designated smoking area somewhere else. Right. We do have to take a quick break. I know that we're going to talk a little bit more about this when we come back along with um, Airbnbs. I know that that's a hot topic, too, with uh, landlords as well. So, Rod, take it away. Okay, we'll be right <laughs> back after this. You're listening to Iram Today, the property management show. Now, back to IREM Today, the property management show on AM790 WPRV. All right, it is 434 here on IREM Today, the property management show. I'm Kristen Alien, along with my co-host, Rod Santagata, and we're oh, here yeah. live in the studio every Tuesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Now, we still have Frank Flynn on the line. Uh, Frank, are you there? We are still here. I still have Arjun and Pat with me. Great. Wonderful. We actually had a caller call up um, kind of in the middle of our break. So um, we can't have like both of you on at the same time. It's kind of the capabilities of our studio. But they did have a question. Uh, it's actually Chester from Northborough, Mass. And he wants to know if marijuana is legal in Massachusetts, can the landlord stop me from smoking it in my apartment? Okay, well, um, well, marijuana is now, uh, recreational use has been legalized in marijuana, and so uh, we anticipate that this will be coming to Rhode Island. And, um, you know, so Ma Massachusetts is, is different. Um, it is allowed uh, to be used in households and um, apartments, but that's why in Massachusetts we're... Um, 
doubling up on our efforts to put in marijuana policies because we can make it part of the lease. Yeah, um, so he was asking... But I don't want to talk too much about Massachusetts. Well, uh, we still... We, that is, this yeah, is we still Rhode do Island. cover some so, of Massachusetts with the radio show, So, um, and, and even with IRAM, it's still greater Rhode Island, but um, it is... So what he's asking is, can the landlord stop him from smoking it in his apartment? So I guess it's important to kind of point out here that, you know, while it is a right that's recognized under law, it's not an absolute right. So, yes, you know, you'd be able to use it, uh, but there will be limitations. I mean, and we've talked about some of these limitations. If uh, the use is actually bothering other residents, then the landlord will certainly be able, um, you know, to stop the tenant, you know, or at least file a case in court. Um, to prevent the tenant from continuing the use. We would put okay. in the lease in a regular market rate apartment. We would put in the lease restrictions. And I imagine most landlords would not want a tenant smoking marijuana in the unit or smoking cigarettes. So we would have both of those um, policies in place at the property. Okay, Frank, would you mind if we put you on a brief hold? I just want to see if uh, Chester, if we answer. Oh, he left. He left. He was okay. I just want to see if we answered his question or not. So, uh, but that's fine. He he's already gone. While we were talking about, um, we were talking a little bit about assistance animals, re- reasonable accommodations, um, kind of exceptions to the rule. Uh, I actually had a question as well. Uh, if somebody has an assistance animal um, in their apartment and it is affecting other residents or other apartments, even though that's not technically considered a pet in their apartment, uh, how would you, like, could you still treat that uh, tenant as that they had a pet there, um, knowing that it's affecting other apartments? Yeah, so just be, yeah, we have to be very careful here. We cannot use pet rules against a um, assistive animal. There should be a separate um, assistive animal policy and, emo- and we, we will wrap in emotional support animals, too. And so we have a specific strategy for dealing with these issues at the beginning so that when problems occur, that we can easily take care of the problems. Let's hmm. say the dog is trying to bite people. And so, right. Pat, do you want to talk about what our strategy is there? Uh, sure. As Frank kind of alluded to, um, it- it's not the first time we've seen a case like that. In fact, I had one uh, previously. And uh, what you would do at the beginning is put in a, a pet policy that specifically deals with an animal that you're allowing reasonable accommodation for. Well, you said pet if, policy. I think you mean assistive animal policy? Emotional yes, support uh, animal. an emotional support or assistive animal policy. And uh, if the issue is continuing, you could certainly then start uh, an eviction proceeding with a notice of noncompliance, um, and then possibly, uh, if the issue continues, take the uh, resident to court over it. And we've had success with that based on the fact that you're having them sign an agreement um, when they get the approval of the reasonable accommodation. Yeah, so, so we like to do a reasonable accommodation agreement that fits with the emotional support uh, policy, emotional support animal policy or assisted uh, animal policy. And that agreement requires the tenant to do a bunch of things. Make sure the dog has shot. Make sure the dog doesn't attack anybody or bite anybody. 
And the understanding is that they have a right to an assistive animal, but not one that's going to harm others. Right. And so in the agreement, it would say that if that animal became a danger, then they would have to get a new uh, assisted an- assistive animal, but they still have the right to uh, that assistive animal. Right. Does that answer your question? Yes, yes, it does. Thank what, you. What I want to know is, I know recently a lot of airlines are restricting comfort animals. Um, could could a landlord also restrict the types of assistance animals? Well, um, this uh, there are some animals that are not um, recognized as emotional support animals. And so here I think we want to be kind of careful um, and uh, and we'd want to know exactly, and then and then get back to you. But Pat Pat wants to say the, something. The key thing, Rod, is that in, landlords are bound by fair housing law. Right. An airline is not bound by a, a fair housing law. They have their own rules and restrictions and laws they have to comply with. But under fair housing law, you have to give tenants um, the right to enjoy their apartments. And if they're only able to enjoy the apartment um, by having the assistance animal, then typically it needs to be granted. Mm-hmm. Maybe a mongoose is not a uh, great um, assistive animal. Right. So um, we we want to know what type the animal is. There there are some cases um, uh, that we could we could look at. Now, uh, we also wanted to get to one more topic, Airbnb. I know that that's, uh, a lot of landlords have this on their radar, um, some mom-and-pop t- landlords as well. Uh, you know, I'm sure that they want to know who's going in and out of their apartments if they're renting them out. So um, what are your thoughts about Airbnb? You know, where, where are the restrictions that landlords can put that in their lease to avoid um, kind of these, these damaging effects that uh, tenants can have when they come in? as Airbnb guests? Yeah, so Airbnb um, is very popular, and, gee, we, in fact, have all used it on vacations probably. Um, The thing for landlords to worry about is that the guests that come to their property, to their house possibly, and and rent it out, uh, are not screened. And so there have been instances, uh, people can look them up online, where people have been murdered, there's been rave parties. We've talked to some landlords where they're, they did rent out to Airbnb, a, a unit, and the tenants caused all kinds of damage and havoc. And so um, I think with Airbnb, you've got to be very careful, and you probably do not want your residents to be renting your unit out under Airbnb and making more money than you off of it. So, um, guys, did you want to talk about Airbnb? Go well, ahead. The, the important thing here is also that, you know, you should have a provision in the lease uh, that prohibits uh, your residents, your tenants, from either subletting the apartment um, or, you know, renting it out for a short period of time. Um, and you should probably include a provision uh, in the lease that prohibits your tenants from running uh, a business in the unit. Um, and if those provisions are in there, you know, then the landlord can enforce those, you know, lease provisions. Right. We have a specific provision that we'll put in that outlaws Airbnb, and there's some other groups, other um, online short-term rentals. Um, And also, uh, we should, a lot of towns are passing um, different ordinances 
regarding Airbnb. So it's important that a landlord know that their town's uh, laws on Airbnb and what the town requires. Great. Um, also, just to speak uh, generally about IRAM, I know that you've been involved in IRAM as an industry partner. You were named Friend of the Year, I, I believe, last year, um, which is just another name for an industry partner. But could you just speak a little bit about being involved in IRAM and, and being an industry partner in IRAM? Sure. Um, IRAM and, and IRAM's uh, in every state, and it's actually international, but it's such a great group. Um, you know, our good friends are all part of IRAM. We give seminars. We sponsor events. As a firm, we find it important to give back to IRAM as a, as a trade group and, you know, sort of as maybe not as a reward, but just we feel important. If, if we're being entrusted with the problems at, at, a diff- at different properties and solving those problems, then, then, then we feel as a firm, that we should give back as much as we can uh, to Rhode Island IRAM, the, IR, the different state IRAMs we're, we're throughout New England. Um, and it's such a great group for property managers, you know, assistant managers, everybody uh, should get their designations. And it actually means that they'll make more money. So, um, you know, I think it's a great program. There's great trainings. I could go on and on, right. um, but I know it's, a sh- it's we're limited. <laughs> we're on limited on time. But it, before we leave, I know that we, we're probably going to have to let you go before this last break, but it, should anybody be interested in a little more of these policies that you speak of or uh, attaining you as, as an attorney, how would they get in touch with you? So probably the easiest way is to um, either call us or email. Um, our phone number is 617-988. 0633, that's 617-988-0633, or they could write to myself, uh, frank at flynnlaw-ne.com, frank at flynnlaw-ne.com, um, or they could also write to Courtney. Courtney's also been with us this whole hour. Oh, I didn't know. Courtney is Courtney's part of the, assistant. yeah, she's part and of the so young Courtney, professionals. Um, how do you spell your first name? Yeah, Courtney's actually part of our uh, young professionals group, so I know Courtney very well. Uh, she's she's kind of been an asset to us uh, with our young professionals group through IRAM as well. So I didn't know that she was there. I would have said hello earlier. <laughs> and she's a great asset to us, too, so we're happy to share her with you. And, and where could we find you online, Frank? Um, so online we have a, a website, and uh, it's under www.flynnlaw.com. NE.com. Excellent. I think we're easily found on online. Great. Well, I want to thank you and and Arjun and Patrick and Courtney for joining us. Um, I really appreciate you calling in today and uh, answering some tough uh, landlord tenant questions for us. Thank you very much for thank calling in. Thank you very in. much. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Okay, you're listening to Iram Today, the property management show. We'll be back right after this. Here on IRAM Today, the property management show. I'm Kristen Alien along with my co-host Rod Santagata, and we're live here in the studio every Tuesday from 4 to 5 p.m. 
Yes, Rod. Yes. Yes. Uh, before we left, we were talking with attorney Frank Flynn, who is one of our industry partners with Irem. Um, he also had on Arjun and Patrick as well, who are kind of more relevant to Rhode Island. And they were giving us some great insight about assistive animals, about um, uh, reasonable accommodations and modifications, about... Uh, Airbnb and marijuana, and we had a we had a call. It was it was your first call, actually, first Rod. Call. Yes, thank you, Chester. Thank you, Chester, for your your uh, insight on marijuana and how to how to get around the rules and regulations <laughs> and smoke at and in your apartment, I guess, right? Well, it's legal in Mass, so it's legal in Mass, but it's legal in Mass, not in Rhode Island, not yet, completely. Uh, so we did want to talk a little bit about some events that we have going on through IRAM, which IRAM, if you're just tuning in now, uh, is the Institute of Real Estate Management. And uh, we put on different kinds of events throughout the year. Uh, we have a, they actually booked the whole calendar for next year already on some events that we're going to be having. Um, we have the big installation dinner uh, tomorrow, tomorrow, actually. Night. Tomorrow night at the Crown Plaza. Yes, and um, registration just did close for this, but if you do feel like this is something that you want to go to or be a part of, uh, you can certainly give Karen a call at 401-479-7734, and I'm sure she'll be able to squeeze you in there, right? Yeah. Oh, sure. Right. Sure. Uh, so this this goes on tomorrow. Um, it, re- registration begins at 545. Um, there's different prices depending on your membership, or if you're not a member, uh, we do still allow those. There's even... If if you get a little too wild and you need a hotel room, um, they also have a, a, a party guestry as well uh, for the hotel. Um, with this event, we do encourage you to bring a toy for Toys for Tots. Um, I know I picked out my toy. I know Jack was having some difficulties. He told me that he was going to have his wife pick out a toy for him. Yes. Yeah. Did you get your toy yet? Not yet. I'll probably go shopping tonight and find a toy for, for the Tots. Toy for the tot, yes. I got a, I got a big elephant. It's this big. It, it might be fun because my really? kids are all grown, so we haven't had to buy toys for a long, long time. time. Sounds like your daughter needs a child. I, I might, <laughs> not yet, not yet. Grandpa Rod. No, not there yet. There we go. Not yet, but I, I, I will be playing with the toys in the, in the store tonight. <laughs> so that's going on tomorrow. That's kind of our big event. Um, we, we don't have a lot of events. Maybe in December, that's our big event for December, and then come January, uh, like we were speaking about before. To, to obtain different designations through IRM, we're actually offering a course, uh, which is part of the ARM track, and that's going to happen in January. Where is this one, Rod? At, at the Heritage Village in North Kingstown. So that's nice that it's nice and local, and local. Um, you don't have to drive to Mass for this or near Chester's apartment, I guess. So <laughs> um, you can um, you can you can go right on our website iramri.org. You can look under events, and you can see where you can register for the ARM track. Uh, because this is going on in January, and it's kind of mid to late January, you might even still be able to apply for a scholarship through our website as well. I think about a month and a half you yeah. ha- you have to apply for a scholarship. So for those of you out there that are kind of, you know, in the property management field, but maybe you want to get that designation um, and maybe your company doesn't pay for it or, you know, you don't have the funds to do so, especially around this time of year, uh, you could go right on our website, iramri.org, 
uh, click under events and uh, you can click under scholarships and that would bring you right to the page where you can just fill it out. Um, you just need a, a board member, I believe, to write a recommendation letter, yes. bring in a resume. You did the you, you did the process, right? You, yes, I did. For, was it for yeah. ARM and CPM? Uh, or just the CPM. My CPM courses. Which is more expensive, so you were yes. better off using that. <laughs> although, although the arm, you can use it for both. Uh, although yeah. the upcoming ARM track is uh, it's pretty expensive also. It's a week yeah. long it's a week long course, so Right. Yeah. Right. So, so it would be worth it. It would be worth it to apply for the scholarship. Yep. And through the ARM track, they also require you to take an ethics course as well. Um, it's a CPM requirement, but it's also part of the ARM track as well. Uh, so to do that, you can you 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 can go right online if that's part of your requirements for for getting your for obtaining your CPM. You can also register for that. When is that? That it, the ethics course will be held January twenty third, and that's also at the Heritage Village. So nice and convenient, right? Close yes. to you. Um, and then we actually have a lot of events. I mean, they've kind of booked up our 2019 calendar. Um, we have our membership appreciation meeting is going to be January 22nd. That's kind of the big event for January. Last year they had it at a, at a coal fire pizza in North Kingstown. Is that where it is? North Kingstown, I think. I believe it is, yes. And then, uh, but the year before we had just kind of a breakfast at 12 Acres. So I'll, I'll be curious to see what the new board does and where it will be held. Um, we actually got some different news this week, right, yes, Rod? Yes, we did. I, Rod, yes, I had did. to bring in some tissues for Rod today. Yes. Um, yeah. Because we actually only have a couple of shows left, yeah. right? Yeah. So uh, next week and then the week after. Yes. December 18th oh is our last show. Oh, my God. Rod, yeah. can oh. you sound a little happy? No, you're sad? <laughs> oh. I'll bring you in tissues next week. I they, promise. They brought me in to bring up the ratings, oh. and I guess I didn't do it. Oh, stop it. <laughs> That doesn't sound well for me either. <laughs> Brought you in to bring up the ratings. Ooh, Chrissy's just just jump out the window. Why don't we? Um, and then, I mean, we have a couple of different events going on in February. There's a Boston chap chapter offering, and Karen Rhodes is offering a Management 101 workshop on February 20th, and she'll actually be on the show. Uh, she She'll be on the show on the 18th on, on our, 18th, last our last show. So she's going to be coming in and talking about some current events and things like that. Uh, we also have, I mean, the Young Professionals Group is growing. As I stated, Courtney um, from Flynn Law Group, she is has been a part of it, as with uh, Lara Butler and Holly Rigoli and myself. Um, we've really brought on a lot of people to these events. We're trying to have them every couple of months. So the next event will be February 28th. Um, and that should be fun. I don't, I don't remember what we decided, but I think it might be like a bowling thing or something oh, like bowling, that, something yeah. inside. Yeah. yeah. So what else you got, Rod? Nothing. Uh, I'm just, uh, uh, just crying in your t-shirt and yeah. in your shirt right now. <laughs> don't blow your nose too hard. Sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so if I you're, you <laughs> if you're interested in anything that we went over today from designations to becoming an industry partner, you can give Karen a call at 401-479-7734. If you've missed any part of the program, you can subscribe to us on iTunes by searching for IRAM today, or you can listen to the podcast on our website, IRAMRI.org. I guess that'll do it for today. We'll be that'll back next week. Yes, next yeah. week. Next week? Next week, yes. Thanks I for... Just, I just want to say thank you to Chester. He was my first <laughs> caller. First and last. <laughs> Thanks. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
This episode of IRAM Today is brought to you by Flynn Law Group, specializing in residential landlord tenant law, condominium law, and commercial landlord tenant law. Call them today at 617-988-0633 or visit them online at flynnlaw-ne.com.